Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Browntree, and you are tuned into episode two of Hashtag You Good Man. Jesus Save Me, Religion and the Impact on Mental Health. And so I was kind of tentative in, in making this episode just because, listen, whenever you talk about religion, politics, um, sexuality, or anything that's controversial, it's, you know, it could bring a backlash. It could bring a backlash from those who are um, really in the in the trenches and, and really feel strongly a passion about something, either one way or another. And so I was hesitant about making this this episode, but I felt that it was so important, it was so necessary, because it's a topic that's that's glossed on. It's typically glossed over the uh, the impact of religion slash spirituality. And its influence on mental health. I, I tr I'm trying to leave spirituality out of this for out out of this topic because I, I feel like the spiritual person has I don't want to say more insight, but they're more understanding. They're more welcoming. It's their principles that that guide their life tend they 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 tend to stray somewhat from the the rigidity of your organized religion. So your 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 Christianity, your Catholicism, your Islam. So this 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 episode's focus will be primarily on just the impact of religion. So I want to put the disclaimer out that I'm agnostic, right? So me being agnostic, what that means for me, because I'm a firm believer that listen, it's it might be four mainstream religions, but then within it, every there's a billion different religions because I believe that everybody has their own interpretation of, of what they're reading, what they're understanding and what they're ultimately what their purpose of life is. And so for me, being agnostic means I am a believer in a higher power. And I don't put a name to it. I, I don't put a name to it because I don't know. And the, and the biggest thing, the biggest question that I get is like, Phil, uh, who do you believe in? Jesus, uh, Allah, Buddha. And I'm like, you know what? Listen, I don't know. I don't know and I'm okay with not knowing. There was a portion of my life, I didn't grow up in the church. I grew up with quote unquote free, free will or a heathen as some people might call me. <laughs> but I was introduced to, I was introduced to Christianity when I, when I got to college. And I consider myself a, 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 a good Christian whatever that means, um, for about four to five years. And, you know, I went to church well, on campus. We went to, you know, went to Bible study. We had different sessions. I sang on the gospel choir and Christ was meant a lot to me at that time. And for me, I feel like that's what I needed during that period of time. And so I don't say, listen, I would I would sit there and say, yes, listen, that was a, a, a great point in my life. Now, I'm not going to say prior to that wasn't a great point or where I'm at now isn't a great point. But I look at it as something I needed during that period of time. And then once I left college and once I started doing my my own research and I started just different things that I didn't agree with, for example, um, the fact that that if you're not saved, that you're going to hell pretty much. And my thinking is, listen, well, my brother died and my brother wasn't, quote unquote, saved. 
You can't tell me on my mind that I'm never going to see my brother again. I refuse to believe that. Same thing with uh, homosexuality. Listen, I have, you know, close friends of mine who are indeed homosexual. You can't tell me that what they're doing is wrong if that makes them happy. If that makes them happy, if they're not hurting anyone, if they're not hurting themselves. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they're going they're possibly going to hell. Now, listen, I'm, I'm not turning this into a spiritual you're right, you're wrong, X, Y, and Z. But that was just, that's, that, that, that always stayed with me. And then just the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I don't know if Allah is God. I do not know if Christ is God or Buddha and, and X, Y, and Z. And then people say, well, Phil, you don't have faith. And it's just like, you know what? No, I, I have faith that, that, you know, I'm here on earth. And I, I have these certain principles that, that are just innate where I believe that, you know, we treat each other kindly. We treat each other with love and respect and with tolerance. And so those are certain principles. And I let those principles guide me as I continue this journey in life. And so what happens to me in the afterlife? Listen, I don't know. I don't know. Now, if you told me, if you said, Phil, listen, um, yeah, when when you die, um, you're going to go to <laughs> you're going to go to heaven if you believe them. Sure, probably I'll probably believe um, because it's the way it's created. Like it's this utopia and this everlasting life. So yeah, it's probably better to believe and be wrong than not believe. <laughs> you know, not believe and be and, and be wrong. But again, that's another conversation for another day. So I just I wanted to get into the mental health aspect of it because I, I think one of the the barriers and one of the reasons mental health is such a stigma is because of organized religion. Uh, for me, me dealing with with mental health for as long as I have, as I'm somebody who lives with depression and anxiety, those who know me, I take prescription medication every day and it's been it's added a lot to my life. And I wonder if I was still like heavily, if I, I never was uh, overly involved in the church where I'm, you know, I'm living and breathing by the Bible. But I, I wonder what if I was and what role would, would mental health play um, and what role would religion play in how I and how I practice my faith? And so because, again, mental health is, is, is definitely as cliche, but it's definitely stigmatized. And as I stated previously, that it is a barrier. And I, I was just sitting here and I just started making a list of just the pros and cons of the role of religion and mental health. And so I, I definitely look at the pros, and this isn't in no particular order, but I, I may expound on, on some of these. But I think one of the biggest cons that I see and why it is such a barrier is because it's a, a lot of times religion and we have our pastors, we have our imams, we uh, we have our I'm not sure what the Jewish <laughs> who's the Jewish leaders, but, you know, Jewish and Buddhist leaders are called. But, you know, it's this idea that um, that we're all sinners. Right. And so because we're all sinners that, you know, any psychological or or physical health issues that we incur are a result of Adam and Eve or a result of some deficiency that that we have. And, and it's just like, listen, to those who believe that, 
listen, more power to you. That's one thing here. I'm not trying. I'm not here to to dissuade anybody from from following organized religion because you, if you see the pros that I that I speak, I think it can be helpful in in helping with um, destigmatizing mental health um, with some tweaks to to the approach. But it's I I think the the biggest thing is that we're often told to in religion we're told to look to God we're told to look to God because we are faulty because we are sinners that we have to look to God and not man for assistance and with healing which undoubtedly impacts our treatment in 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 various forms it impacts us going to therapy and so especially within the black community and so we will say listen go pray about it when we need to say listen pray about it for sure but you know what god has created some people who who can help you with this issue and so the same things with medication uh pray about it and we'll get over this issue instead of yeah pray about it but you know what phil go ahead go take that effects because I understand that there's a, a chemical imbalance that's happening in your brain that this medication is helping with. And it's not me saying that prayer doesn't work. Again, that's a conversation for another day. But when the emphasis is put on prayer um, and, and we have these tangible things that we can do to help minimize issues, then that's problematic to me. And that aids to why it's a barrier to, to mental health. Also, think it just minimized what's happening. It, it's you know I've been in churches, I've I've heard pastors, I've heard great orators who who stated, well, you know, you have anxiety, you're just you're just worrying a lot, or you have depression, you're just sad. That if you pray, you can get over these things, and it's just like, well, no, it's a little more complex than that. And what I think that is, it's a it's a matter of a lack of information. And if you don't have information, you're going to go off what you know. You're going to result to what, what it is that you know. So if you're a pastor and you're preaching the word of God every day, and you're not, you're not becoming well-versed on mental health and, and, and various things, then yeah, it's easy to say uh, pray five times a day. It's easy to say fast. It's easy to say to do these different things because there's a, a lack of knowledge. And we look at throughout history, and not a history lesson, but we look at it. Look, look at exorcism. Look at the movie The Exorcist. Now, that was an extreme, but here we have somebody who's, and this is what they did in, in, in ancient times. <laughs> well, I guess it is ancient times. In ancient times, with somebody who has psychosis, they may be hearing voices. And it was like, you know what? We need to call the, uh, we need to call the priest to try to exorcise the demons out of this individual. When now we know that, you know what, it's a neurological issue. There's something that's happening where this individual may need medication in order to, to help calm the, the voices that's in their heads. But again, this comes with, with our, our religious leaders becoming well-versed in the idea of mental health. Uh, so again, praying may subdue symptoms. Now again, I'll get into to how prayer can be beneficial. Uh, I also look at like different traditions throughout throughout different religions. I know we just passed uh, Ramadan, 
which a, a, a big component of Ramadan is fasting. And that can definitely impact someone's, someone's mental health and how we approach mental health. Because what are we asking when they fast? We're asking them to change up your nutrition pattern where you're only eating during sunrise and sunset. Some people may drink water throughout the day. Now, if we're saying that do these things sunrise and sunset, then sleep patterns are being altered. Which, listen, and, and those who could check me out on, on YouTube, on my, on my Quadify channel, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y, um, I do talk about the, the importance of sleep and how a lack of sleep can cause irritability, it can cause depression, it can, it can cause psychosis in its worst state. So if you're having these irregular sleep patterns, it can definitely impact your mental health. Now, a lot of men, now if we do have somebody who's, who's Islamic and they're fasting, or if they're, they're Christian and they're fasting, uh, some of their medication protocol, their medication regimen may require um, listen, you have to eat because trust me, I, we could go back to like Tylenol. I, I listen, I work out a lot. And so I take maybe 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, uh, before I wake up, before I work out. And if I, if I do not eat something, listen, my stomach is in knots. Um, I'm perspiring profusely and it's just not, <laughs> it's not conducive. Uh, it's not a good feeling. And so imagine somebody who has a, a, a psychological disorder or a psychological you know, issue. This can be detrimental. This can, can stop the, the efficacy of the medication and, and hinder its performance and its ability to work. And so, again, I'm not saying fasting is bad I'm fasting is wrong. But it will be important and incumbent upon this individual to to this religious leader to recognize, to increase their awareness. Listen, I'm in, in preparing for this podcast, I did some research on Islam and its thoughts on, on mental health. And one of the things that, that you know, I found out, I was like, listen, you can be exempt from fasting. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And, and, and in reading it, it seems like, it, seems, uh, it seemed a lot like Islam is very progressive with regards to to medication, um, to to therapy, uh, especially psychotherapy, because um, it, it showed uh, back I don't don't give me the line like I don't about to say seven hundred BC, <laughs> but a long time ago they were doing uh, psychotherapeutic principles and practice back then to try and assist an individual because they they viewed the individual as being worthy. And the, being a gift from Allah and everything that comes from Allah is, is good. So if we have medication that that's a result of Allah giving somebody the thought process to say, listen, let me create this to help somebody. And so I thought that was, I thought that was dope. So they can be somebody who's Muslim with a psychological issue can be exempt from fasting in the event that they need to take uh, their, their medication uh, regimen says as such and so uh, again it's in uh, another issue that that came about is just the, the idea again i said about the being born into sin and just that the disease is a result of of a lack of adherence that because you're not faithful to god in your daily practices that you've been afflicted with with 
these issues with depression, with anxiety. And so I've also, you know, I've read, you know, a few articles with regards to individuals who are in the church who, who, who recognize the importance of, who, who recognize that the idea of that is, in their eyes, contradictory to, to, to well-being. And that ultimately, no, it's not a matter of that. Yes, you know, you may have been afflicted with something and you may need healing. And so that was, again, that was just some of the, the cons that I came up with. And so I do want to get into the pros because I do think there is pros to their pros to to religion and how it can be ben beneficial in the, in the mental health process. And so the idea that you are what God says. And that you aren't what man says or what your diagnosis is. I'm also a family therapist. And so I have a, a lot of young, especially black boys who who they have a diagnosis. Granted, as I always say, another conversation because they, they may be overly diagnosed. What well, they are overly diagnosed with the studies show. Um, but I let them know, listen, you aren't the the ODD. You aren't the, the ADHD. Even myself, I'm somebody who lives with depression and anxiety. I'm big on, on language. Because if we're going to talk about, um, you know, killing this stigma, we need to change the, the conversation, the language that we use. So saying somebody's crazy because they're having a mental health issue, um, that doesn't work for me. And so the idea that you're what God says you are, you were made in my image, that's powerful. That's powerful because you're more than your diagnosis. Those that I'm also a public speaker, you're learning a lot about me and what it is that I do. But I'm also a public speaker. I go out to different places uh, talking about mental health. And it's important to recognize you are more than that. You know what? I am a son. I am a brother. I am a father. I'm somebody who likes smoking a cigar. I might dabble in some whiskey. I like, I like powerlifting and bodybuilding. I'm so much more than, than what it is that I'm dealing with on a, on a daily basis. When somebody asks me, oh, you're mentally ill. No, 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 no. I'm not mentally ill. I'm mentally well. I just deal with some ish. I'm going to say ish because I don't know if kids listen. You know, I, I'm not really a big cursor either. <laughs> but just recognizing that you're so much more than what it is that you're going through. Or what you are, uh, you're afflicted with. And that leads me into, it also is so beneficial in finding joy in your purpose. There's something, there's something to be said. Listen, when I sit and see a lot of posts, sometimes I get frustrated. Every, every other post is about God. But that's just, you know, that's, I'm human. You know, I'm human and I see it and it's just like, oh, all right. But you know what? If I lock and make Sharif a better man, I'm all for it. For those who, who are familiar with, uh, Dang, was that Menace to Society or Boys in the Hood when Rock said that? I think it was Menace to Society. But, and when I say that, if Alash can make Sharif a better man, listen, if that makes you happy, if being Christian, if being uh, Muslim, if being atheist, if being agnostic makes you happy, it can make you a better productive person, if being a homosexual makes you a happy person, then be that because the more happy people we have on life, the less in, in this lifetime, 
the, the less wars we'll have, the less murders we'll have, the less conflict we'll have. We'll have people with, with um, internal peace. And so finding joy in your purpose is definitely a, a strategy that's, that's beneficial to somebody's mental health. So I, so I mentioned praying. Listen, praying is useful. Praying is useful. Meditating is useful in helping calm anxiety and helping get rid of the negative thoughts that, that may be in your head. So I would never tell anybody not to pray. But what I'll say is, listen, there's, don't let that be the only thing. If you're a construction worker, you're not going to, to your construction site with just a hammer. Because, yeah, the hammer may work for a while. You might be able to get a lot of work done with that hammer. But then you know what? You might need that screwdriver. You might need that leveler. I don't know anything else because I'm not a handyman. <laughs> Listen, I'm one of the least handy person that you'll, you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> I did put this little podcast together, though, so... Uh, with the cords and stuff and a little table. So I feel, I feel kind of cool about that. You know, I'll put that together. But again, praying is a tool. It's a useful tool. Listen, the idea of congregating with people. Sometimes when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm experiencing a bout of depression, the best thing I can do is be around, be around my daughter or be around my homies. That's the best thing that I can do because I feel good. It brings a, a good energy, a good vibe to me. The worst thing I can do is be, is be alone at times. And so, yes, by going to church on a Sunday or on a Wednesday or on a Friday, because I know some people go to church often, that can be so helpful. If that means you're not going to be in the house uh, laying in your bed, uh, sobbing and crying or doing other maladaptive behaviors. And so another pro, another pro, those religious leaders who get it. And, and listen, They'll, they'll far reach more people than I may ever meet. Be no, I don't think that. I think I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to touch the world. <laughs> I'm going to touch the world. But those who teach prayer and Prozac. And when I say prayer and Prozac, again, this is, listen, pray to, pray to your, your supreme being. But yeah, take that medication. Go to that therapy session. Talk to somebody about what's happening with you, what's, what you're experiencing. It's so beneficial. And again, that comes with knowledge. That comes with a desire to learn. And a lot of times when we have the, the elders in these positions, they're elders. They're elders. So just when it's like uh, growing up, I, I knew my step-hop hated hip-hop. But he was, he, was he was about 50 years old. So why would he, he want to listen to hip-hop? This is what he's known. It's like me. Um, I Playboy Cardi and Little Yachty, Little Boat, and all of these things. Listen, I, I'm like, uh, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, let me listen to my Jay Z 444. Let me listen to some Joe Button. Shout out to the Joe Button haters. <laughs> my favorite rapper of all time. Uh, Kanye West. Let me listen to these people who are, are my generation, who understand my mindset. And so, this listen, there's no different than our religious leaders. They, they were brought up in this particular time, this particular era, and that shaped who they were as people to get them to that point. No fault of their own. But listen, again, this is where the, the parishioners, the congregation, need to say, listen, pastor, this is something happening. We have our young pastors. Listen, this is what's happening in the world today. 
We need to have this conversation. So props to the, to the leaders that talk about prayer and Prozac. And then the idea that you have an attachment. Listen, when you have an attachment to somebody or to something, it makes you feel so much better. I have my, I have my friends. I have my, my family. I have this podcast. I feel good when I do this. Like somebody might say, I remember one time, uh, I'm going to say a homie, <laughs> former homie, no shade. But, um, you know, they were like, oh, you only got like 10 listeners. It's like, bro, listen, I'm doing something that I enjoy. If I get one listener, if I get no listeners, just to know I was able enough and courageous enough to, to put myself out there, to, talk, to tell my truth to the world, to offer my perspective to the world, I may never have a million listeners. I feel that I will because I think I'm that dope. And of course, y'all go and subscribe and share on SoundCloud, iTunes, and, and Google Play Music. But this is what I enjoy. This is what I'm attached to. I'm attached to helping and spreading information. I love talking and having dialogue. I love lifting with my powerlifting friends and, and doing various things. And so, yes, the, the church, the mosque, um, you know, your synagogues and, and, and any other place where you can congregate and interact with people, that, that increases your satisfaction so much. Because it's like a sense of, again, like I said, a sense of purpose. When you commune with somebody else. And then an important fact that's often, often glossed over is the fact, the idea of denouncing suicide. Now, we understand that, you know, depression is the leading cause of suicide. But in a lot of books um, in, in, in your Quran, in your Bible, it, it's, it denounces, straight up denounces. Listen, don't kill yourself. Do something else. You know, find something else. Find, find something, find some help that you can utilize. But, Joe, do not kill yourself. And some might, might call that fear and, and instilling fear. But listen, if that's what it takes to, to help somebody, because the majority of mental health diagnosis that exists, which influence, um, influence suicide, are treatable. The stressors that somebody um, experiences on a daily basis, they're treatable. Now, another conversation, I might say that for another, another one, is the idea of assisted suicide. Which I'm, I'll be honest, as, as somebody who promotes mental wellness and, and overall wellness, I understand. As somebody with a terminal, uh, a terminal aunt who's in hospice, I get it. If she said to my mom, listen, listen, Rachel, listen, I love you. I love you. I've been on this earth 65 years. They they giving me a year to go. I'm saying I'm suffering. I'm in pain, and it's something that's terminal, something that can't get better. Then I don't know if I could just sit there and say, "All right, yeah, well, let's ride this year out." But again, our faith-based believers will say, "Listen, you know what? What, what do they say? God might give you. They might doctors might tell you a year, but God has the final decision." Yeah, so that's a that's a constant battle, and even though I'm not. I'm not your staunch believer. A part of me understands both sides. Because listen, doctors aren't right all the time. 
If it was right, I would have had my, when I took my first medication, I would have been cool. It took me three to find something that I, that I needed. So doctors aren't always right. But again, it's that trial and error and never giving up. So yeah, so I, I understand at the impact of religion, just the idea that, you know what, nothing is set in stone. So I, I just think that it's, it's just the, the, the influence in a relationship between religion and mental health is just, it's just real. It's there. Um, it exists. And the, the more we can do to improve the dialogue within those settings, the better we'll be for it. And so just some final thoughts. I'm not Jerry Springer. I haven't watched Jerry in probably about 15 years. But just some final thoughts just in how we can improve. Because I think solutions are always, always important. We can always complain, but without solutions, you know, we're just complaining to complain. Just the integration of modern, modern theory into religion and spiritual practices. So listen, if, if Islam and Christianity plays a big part in your life, then yes, it should have some role in, in your therapy. Listen, if you're prescribed medication, your psychiatrist should be well-versed in, in Islam to understand, okay, you know what, maybe I won't, maybe we can adjust the times. Maybe, listen, you might have to get up earlier to take this, but, you know, take this earlier. Or maybe switch, switch medications, um, increase the dosage so it may last longer. You know, go extended release, something that'll, that'll, that'll enter your body over a period of time instead of something that's fast-acting. You know, and, and just also, again, having a conversation with, with our religious leaders and with our parishioners. I know that's something that, um, that um, I haven't done it yet, <laughs> but not for a lack of effort. So shout out to anybody from Enon, from uh, Bethel Deliverance, um, trying to thank some other churches that I've reached out to um, over time that I haven't heard anything from, no shade. Because I'm a firm believer, What's, where I'm supposed to be, I'm going to be. And so, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm definitely going to be in E9 with the congregation right there talking about, listen, you know, Christ can definitely play a role in, in enhancing your, your mental wellness. And so can these coping strategies. But because it's an each one teach one mentality that we need to have. So let's, oh, right at 30 minutes. I, I feel good about this. So I listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Catch me on catch me on Instagram, Phil underscore Quadify Q U A D E F Y. Catch me on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Quadify LLC, where I do post videos, just different things about mental health. Um, and you can check me out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Philip P H I two L's I P M S W. Oh yeah. Subscribe, share, like, comment or iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music. That was my mumble rap. <laughs> my my, my rumble, mumble rap imitation. So now I appreciate you guys. Peace.